Would you pray with me, please? Glory be to you, great creating spirit, who shines in distant stars beyond numbering, and on earth peace. Glory be to you, great creating spirit, who sings and wings in birds on high, and on earth peace. Glory be to you, great creating spirit, whose thunder shapes the shining firmament, and on earth, peace. Glory, glory, glory. And on earth, peace. Amen. Christopher Columbus, discouraged one day, walked into a monastery. He was thirsty, so he went in for a drink of cold water. And an old monk sat with him and listened to how he wanted to go on an expedition to find another land. And when the story was over, Christopher Columbus went on, but the old monk was a personal friend of Queen Isabella. And he was the one to convince her to finance Columbus's expedition. Europe's discovery of America started with a drink of water in a monastery. Abraham Lincoln was out in the back of his store one day, rummaging through an old barrel. And as he finished, he reached down and felt a couple of books in his hand. So he pulled them up and he saw that they were Blackstone's commentaries. And something happened to Abraham Lincoln as he read those books. He became a lawyer and it totally changed his direction. He got into politics and became president of the United States and was a healer of the wound of the Civil War. It all started with him rummaging in a barrel. And John Calvin was going down to Italy and war broke out and the road he was going to take was blockaded so he went to Geneva. And his time in Geneva made a change in his life that has changed many lives since. And George Whitfield was a bartender in England, but he couldn't get along with his sister-in-law who owned the bar, so he left. And out of that experience, he found God, went to Oxford, became part of the Holy Club with John Wesley, and helped to change England. You know, folks, many, many, seemingly small experiences on the fringes of life make all of the difference and work incredible change through the lives of people. Now the inconvenience of a census drives Mary and Joseph to leave Nazareth and return to Bethlehem to be enrolled. And they travel to Joseph's town of origin. And contrary to what we might think by the way the story has been related to us, in all likelihood, Joseph and Mary experienced the wonder of new birth while among family. While the guest house was full and they were sent to a dwelling that also housed animals, they likely were attended by members of Joseph's extended family. Now right off the bat, this story holds many familiar elements. 
The smells of shared meals, attitudes of in-laws and siblings, sitting around the tables that helped to make up our own childhood. Folks, we really do know this story. Now the main action takes place in a little backwater town far away from the seats of power where a scared young girl and an equally scared husband have been told to take refuge in a dwelling that was on the fringe of town. They were welcomed at the fringe of the fringe. And that is just the place that God chooses to show up, in a place that most people would fail to look for God. For God doesn't appear in the center of things, ready to straighten out that which is crooked and to fix what is broken. But God appears in a stable at the fringe of nowhere, ready to call all of the existing power structures into question. And God appears far enough away from what everyone knew so well that there was a real opportunity to begin something brand spanking new. Now, it was a scary proposition for people of long ago, and it is no less scary for us now. Because you see, we have invested quite a bit in our lives as they are. And it can be really scary to be called away from something which we believe we've come to know and to manage so well. But at the same time, it is kind of exciting because this promise of something better, I believe, speaks directly to our gut. We know deep down inside that we really hope to realize something more. We want a sense of meaning and purpose. We long to be reminded in powerful ways that there is so much more to this life than merely what meets our eye. We hold on to the desperate hope that in spite of how things look, we are all of us worthy of love. So God comes to the edges of our story, the edges of ourselves, to speak quietly and powerfully through the gift of new life in this infant. It is a reminder that God is forever with us, joined with us in all the joys and sorrows of our lives, our hopes and our fears, everything we experience as we journey through life. And the indelible truth of tonight is that we are never alone. But more than that, we are assured once again that we participate in a life-giving process that new life can be born even in the middle of the most trying circumstances, and that this new life fuels hope for change in our own lifetimes. And that realization works its way from the outside in, and then is revealed to the world from our inside out. It is the life journey of generations of believers. So by now you might ask, what does all of this mean? You need to know first that I am thrilled that you are all here tonight. And I want to take this opportunity to invite you to please come back. This night for you could even be like having a conversation with an old monkish kind of guy. But you need to know that there is a core group of people in this place 
who will still go to Bethlehem in search of Jesus, who will willingly wade into some out-of-the-way, on-the-fringe kind of place to find God at work and then join in that work themselves. We see it in the faces of those who tutor kids in the inner cities, in the faces of those who go to Pocahontas, West Virginia, and work on and in people's homes there. We see it in the faces of those who work in soup kitchens or travel to Liberia or camp for mission, or in the faces of those who journey to Russia each and every year to work with children in orphanages. We see it in the faces of our UMW ladies who bake cherry pies and cobbler and gather food and hats and mittens and bring trucks into our parking lot to be filled with clothing. And all of these efforts help to fund ministries that find the work of Jesus often in little places that are out on the fringe. And we see it in the faces of those who worked on our bike ministry, who donated time to work with our children at VBS. You can see it in the faces of folks here who study together, who pray together, who drink coffee together, who swap stories, share concerns. God's kingdom is found here. God's kingdom is revealed in the fringe here. And we have a core group of folks who really get it, and they help to fuel that experience so that others can get it and get to it. Now, I don't want you to think that we're perfect because we aren't. We're still working on some things here too because we have our folks who sit on the hillsides with the shepherds. But it won't be long now before they're gonna hear and see things that just won't allow them to stay put they're soon going to have to get up and go to Bethlehem and see for themselves. And we also have some wise people who are still a bit far off, but they're moving through the wilderness, plodding along, following what they've heard of, what they constantly see. And they'll get there too. And they will have to go home by another way. And all of this is said to recognize that this is a wonderful community of faith. It is an inclusive place. Hear me, all, all are very truly welcome here. And we have folks all across the spectrum of things, from theology to politics to music and education. And to me, that is truly inspiring. Because together we go to the fringes. And when we experience Jesus, we share that experience so that others will go too. And I can tell you, we would all love it if you would come back. But in any case, there's just a little bit more that I want to say to you tonight. And I want you to know that I believe a few things. I believe that God invites you into God's space through the gift of Jesus where there is always room for one more, and there is always room for you. I believe that because God has first loved you, you are a person of endless possibility. Please, don't be afraid to follow your dreams. In God's eyes, I believe that you are a supremely valued presence in the human condition. You are uniquely gifted to change the world 
supremely worthwhile, totally accepted and loved for who you are. And I believe that the life of Jesus tells us that we cannot be one with God. We cannot appreciate our true worthwhileness. We cannot heal our wounds. We cannot be whole persons unless and until we acknowledge and accept the reality of God's love for all, all other persons, all other persons. I believe we can be certain this night that God still moves among us May we be brave enough to look closely at the fringes and may we embrace the notion that we may be changed from the outside in only to speak that experience from the depth of our inside out. For tonight, my friends, a Savior has been born unto you. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, please, peace. Amen.